What's good, people? You're tuned in to the Breakdown Podcast brought to you by The Football Supplement. You can follow us on Instagram at The Football Supplement. Um, got the full team on the show today. Um, obviously, you got Jay in the building. What are you saying? We're recovering from that, that slugfest. Liverpool, Man City. Enjoyed it. Yeah, man, I'm good. Had, obviously, got Kofi content with his, with his three points. For Chelsea, what are you saying, Kofi? Yeah, no, I'm good, man. Top of the league, international break. Yeah, it's lovely. Wait till next week till we're back <laughs> and then we see see what's popping. But yeah, no, all good, man. Happy. <laughs> Key, what are you saying, T? You're just, you're just smiling. They got away with one on the weekend. Well, I don't know about that, but, you know, some people, <laughs> some people may say that, you know, we were here to entertain the people. They were entertained, so we keep it moving, man. I thought, yeah, by the end, I was talking to Jay earlier, I thought that, like, that Fabinho chance, yeah, I was like, yeah. You know, you can envision, you can envisage already the goal. But, <laughs> bro, <laughs> he was so slow, bro. I screamed like, at oh. the top of my lungs. <laughs> and it would have been so typical as well. He gave him, he trapped it, and then he was like, oh, let me oh. swing my leg. <laughs> you see Fabinho, like, yeah? When he's when he's um when he's off, yeah, he's 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 so behind the pace, it's mad. But then when he's on, he's so ahead of the game, it's mad. There's no in between with him. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I can't lie. He was, he was off then, boy. Yeah, no, I can't lie. He did lag a bit still. He did lag. Yeah, that, that's where it looked. He looked like he lagged, bro. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> bro. But were you man entertained though? It was, was. A, it was a good match. It was a good match, bruv. I can't lie. It was, it was a good one match. of the best matches of the season so minutes, far. Yeah. You know what? Some someone said to me, "This this is this is taking over from El Clasico." What do you man think? I mean, that's, that's, that's quality. No, no, no. In terms of quality, not in terms of like the occasion. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? In terms of footballing, I, football I, on show. I mm. don't know, Mark. The last. The last El Clasico was was pretty low key, and that that still had Messi in it. I think it was. Yeah, yeah they haven't had. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 I don't know. I think I think El Clasico's El Clasico is etched in stone in it. But in terms of excitement for games, I think Man City Liverpool is, is definitely. If it's not the one, it's up there. Up. You know what? Slightly for the last like three years. Like Liverpool, Man City has been the fixture. Like this is all dating back to like the Champions League one. You know where Liverpool did did, did the madness. I think mm. it all started from then, and mm. it's just kind of progressively got there. Yeah. Do, do you know what it is as well? It's like Liverpool and City in the like at one stage is going to become a slugfest. Like <laughs> you know, like like two boxers fighting. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. where's where's with Liverpool and with Real Madrid and Barcelona now, they've become a bit, a bit, just a bit, you know, a bit tactical. No one's trying to get hammered like that, like they used to. So the slugfest is what obviously what draws people in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, the fixture is always going to be United and Liverpool, though. It's not. It's not in terms of the heritage wise, in terms of classical wise, in terms of being up there. It's always going to be United and Liverpool, even no. if one was 18th and one was 19th. There's too no, much, I I get, there's too I much get in the that. way of hatred. 
I, no, I get that in terms of like heritage and the hatred between fans and stuff, but we're, we're talking about spectacle here, bruv. Like, in terms Where? of actual footballing spectacles, Where? you Where? know, Liverpool, Liverpool fans were trying to spit on, city stuff, bruv. So, hey, COVID spreaders, bruv, super spreaders, yeah. bruv, trying to do a hey. madness. Hey, the off the pitch antics. Yesterday was Cause that's, crazy. Because you know what? Because I, now I'm thinking about it. Didn't 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 someone smash someone's bus? Who smashed his bus on the way to the ground? It was that was Liverpool that, before the Champions League. Oh, that was Liverpool game. fans. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, before okay. the Champions League. Yeah, game. yeah. That's yeah. what Pep was complaining about, innit? <laughs> remember it was like, oh, like nah, you were, <laughs> Liverpool fans done them dirty and whatnot. It rattled them, and then I think I think that was the 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 mad game that 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 Kofi was referring to. The mad, what was it, 3 0? The 3 0, yeah. yeah. The, the Oxley Chamberlain Scorcher yeah. bounce. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was that game still. Uh, them man were, were very upset. There's definitely needle there. But uh, but in my opinion, yeah, I've not seen, uh, and I know obviously me and you Kofi went back and forth about this on the weekend. Mm. I've not seen Liverpool get bops like that in 45 minutes for 45 minutes at Anfield. I don't think I've seen it before, personally. Nah, like, nah, you know what? Got, like that. Zero shots on target. Yeah, nothing. Literally nothing. Had to just sit and watch. Some of it may have been by design because obviously, as Klopp so eloquently said, you know, they dropped off, they weren't pressing high, all this kind of stuff. By the end of the day, sometimes there's just a team that has just silenced your fans. That's it. And there's nothing you can do about it. Like Man City were excellent in that first 45 minutes. And but for some lackluster finishing from players who shall not be, you know, slated on this, this platform ever. Do you know what I mean? Like, but for that, they would have they would have obviously put the game to bed. You know what's mad, yeah? Like, I think I think people forget the first 10 minutes of the game because Liverpool actually started quite hot. Liverpool actually started quite hot. So 35, I'll give you the 35 minutes. 35 minutes, City were rattling Liverpool all over the place. But that first 10 minutes, the cop were on their feet. And that, that's why, and yeah. this is why in the in the group chat, this is why when you said, oh yeah, this is worse than Chelsea's one, that's why I was like, nah, bruv. I was like, nah. Zero, but for all that, zero shots on time. No, I get it. That's fine. That's fine. Cool. But but it's so all about intent, innit? But, but it's about intent. Did you get what I'm trying to say? Because Liverpool went into that game, wanted to at least go toe-to-toe with them, man. Okay, that man were better than them, but at least they attempted to. And they kept it nil-nil. Like, you can't you can't ask for more than that. You get you get bopped around and all the rest of it, but at the end of the day, you look at it from City's perspective, they didn't score. And <laughs> they came out second half and conceded. Some yeah. of that football was absolutely amazing. You see Bernardo Silva, the little wizard. I'm telling you, that change of direction, the way he beats the press with the change, of, the ball just sticks to his feet. The guy just changes direction and just makes you look stupid. Like, I, like I didn't, I didn't see this before. Do you know what I mean? But I always felt to myself, Bernardo Silva shouldn't be playing wide. In my opinion, I always felt like this guy's a central guy. He should be a. He's technical enough to be a central guy, and obviously. You know, he had a fantastic game, and it's not the first time he, against against Chelsea. Again, he was excellent. Like, I love mm-hmm. to see that personally. I love to see midfielders beating the press and being able to take the ball on and go past players. Like, he was so key for them in that first half. Yeah, this is not even the first time we've done it against Liverpool. Like, he did it before. Like, and that might have even been a, a even madder performance before. I can't remember the occasion. It might have been a league game, but he completely dominated. It was ridiculous. Um, I think. 
the reason why I say that last performance might have been better is because um, I remember thinking yesterday, Liverpool are just, I mean, look, City were, were, were brilliant. There's, there's no two ways about it in the first half, yeah. Um, but Liverpool kind of aided them a little bit after that 10-minute burst. I thought they were just a little bit sluggish and not really snapping in when, when they should. Because Liverpool, they know they know how to beat City. They've been City's, um, you know, that nemesis for a couple of years now. So, you know the formula. You know what works against them is bursts. You have to play in bursts. Like, and I didn't really see that activated beyond that 10-minute period. So, although City were great, I think if we look at it again, Liverpool are a little bit off, you know, positionally. You know, we're talking about Henderson. He seemed a little bit offensive yesterday. Um, obviously, Milner, right back, um, he was a target. And Jones as well is obviously offensive-minded. And then if if Jones and Henderson are, 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 are like... I suppose occupying those like offensive positions, it then leaves Fabinho with like a lot of a lot of space to fill, and he's not good when there's a lot of space to fill. He needs people close to him. So I think for for City, that kind of aided them a, a little bit. And then as well, Liverpool players are a bit blocky. I've seen too many men like get round Liverpool players, and they make them look so dumb. Like I remember Hazard used to do it a lot. He used to do it a lot, and I really dreaded it. Like. Man just get the ball and I just see man skipping around. Take take him out. Sorry, for me, I'm taking out Silver. I'm taking him out. No, 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 no. Can't be are having you, him. Are you advocate, advocating for yeah. tactical fouling? 100%. 100%. Okay, so it's not 100%. just me then. So it's not just bro, me that loves it then. Bro, Bernardo Silva was doing a madness yesterday <laughs> and it, he needed someone to, to, to leave one on him. I'm sorry, but he did. He, need, he needed someone to leave one oh, on him. Oh, how the tables have turned. It, 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 is, it is what it is. You know what I mean? But anyway, that's my point made. Yeah. Going back to that first 10 minutes, though, like, I feel like, because I think at the start of the game, Grealish was out on the left, right? He didn't start off in that in that false 10 position. And I feel like Grealish in this game and in the game against Paris as well has been a bit too a bit tentative, a bit not too, you know, not, not, cheap, not the cheeky chappy, not having a go. Um, and I feel like yeah. <laughs> I feel like um, Milner actually in the first ten minutes he was all right with with Grealish um, on the side, but fair play to to Pep he he changed that quite quickly and moved um, Grealish into that false nine position um, and put Foden on the left, um, mm. and then that was key. And and I think Grealish what Grealish did he might not have been like a huge threat in the middle. But what he did do is kind of start pressing Fabinho as well. Um, and then Fabinho didn't... Yeah, like, Fabinho was covered by by Jack. So, then you saw the centre-backs, Matip and, and Virgil, going going longer and longer and longer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the thing is, is that after, like, 10, 15 minutes as well, the way City, like, what's fascinating about them is the way the players just ro- keep rotating. They just they just keep rotating rotations 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 like and like Mark said Bernardo is like he's like the best at it like he's just all over the pitch one minute he's he's dubsing up someone on the left hand side one minute he's dubsing up someone on the right hand side and I think um, there was one instance where he he actually finished Virgil and had Virgil almost like eating grass 
um, <laughs> at one point. <laughs> that was hot. You know I mean? That was very hot. That, that was that, hot. That was mad. But I mean, that was what was finishing finishing Liverpool. The rotations in the like, all over the pitch were just killing, killing man. Um, and like T, like what you said as well with with Hendo, he he was like kind of driving in that half space, isn't it? Um, and it was kind of like a Trent ish role to 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 you know get the ball in that kind of half space and and Trent knows what to do in that position there but Hendo but he did make runs beyond um beyond Salah and sometimes you know got the ball and crossed it in but yeah I just think that after 15 minutes when 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 Pep made his adjustments mate we couldn't live with them for that for the next 35 but they went in at half time nil nil very key. Very key. I saw Klopp. I saw Klopp sprinting in, in, into the dressing room. I, I, I knew what time it was. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's going to tell them guys about themselves. <laughs> Bro, I knew. I knew and, what time. And it he was. said it after the game as well, innit? it? That he, you know, some of the things that he said to them at half time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which he doesn't yeah. usually do. So that was quite interesting, actually. He was a mm. bit. He was a bit revealing. Um, well, that's because yeah, Milner didn't get his second yellow. That's why he was so chirpy after the game. Mm. You know, that's that, that's that's the reason why. It's because he's able to pick up points. If so you, you know, lost yeah. that game, yeah. <laughs> if you so lost you know, that game, he would, he would, you know, you know, Klopp. Hundred percent, hundred percent. He, there would have been a different tone to it. Um, but some, someone, someone said to me earlier that um, the reason why Milner didn't get sent off is because Henderson fouled Silver yeah. before. Yeah, he pushed him. Yeah, so he, he was already him. falling, and then yes. they gave the the free kick. They they gave the foul for Henderson's offense rather than Milner. Yeah. I don't know how true that is, to be honest. But uh, I think if you watch the replay, yeah, there's a little push from from Hendo on okay. um, on Bernardo, and then Milner sticks out his leg as mm. well. So technically, I, I don't know if the referee goes to uh, whatever, like. VAR or whatever and looks at it. I guess by the letter of the law, if he Hendo fouled him first, then that's that's where the foul is, isn't it? Mm. So he's deemed to have played adva- the advantage first and then therefore the Milner challenge doesn't but matter. It, it may not even be an advantage there. I don't think there was enough time for him to even blow the whistle because it kind of happened like a mad sequence. It was like the foul came and then the next foul came straight after. <laughs> so it's like, okay, you, you get who, so who are you giving it to first? I guess that kind of makes sense. Because no, man, I'm not having this. No, no, because you know what? For me, I'm trying. I'm trying to make sense of it. And what these managers said is the only thing that makes sense. Because other than that, then the referee is out his mind, bruv. Like it makes no sense if it's not that. Sandfield. I keep hearing this. I keep. I keep hearing this. I was. You know what? Marky said it. I heard Pep saying it yesterday. Pep in his interview as well. It's Anfield. It's Anfield. Come on, man. You know what? Hey. It's, not, it's, it's not my fault if you can't fill your stadium, in it? It's not my fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Tell them. Tell them, T. Tell them. Not my fault, bro. Are <laughs> you getting into a binding with your fans, you know? <laughs> Yo, hey, no, nah, Pep was moving mad yesterday. He, that, that's the maddest oh. I've seen him move, you know? He hit his head on the chair really hard, like. He was like, bang! <laughs> and, listen, the off-field the, antics, yeah. Yeah. In no in these games, it's, it's too funny because I remember was it two years ago the 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 twice that Pet was shouting, he was shouting to, oh, hey, into Pet. the heavens. <laughs> he did it again. He he went up to what's the what's that guy's name? The fourth official yesterday. What was his name? 
Usually, wasn't it Mike Dean? Mike Dean, yeah, Mike Dean. He went yeah. up to Mike Dean and he was like, like <laughs> <laughs> and you he know, if it. somebody, if there's one person who gives zero Fs, it's Mike yeah, Dean. Yeah, it's Mike Dean. His face was unmoved. Mike, his expression was unmoved. unmoved. He was just looking at he just, said, he just told him to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hilarious. That's, what, hilarious. Okay, that's what finished him still. But yeah, yeah we know with Pep, it's all about control. And when things like that happen, uh, you can't take it because the game's not supposed to it's not supposed to happen like that. It's supposed to be a yellow card in his book. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Well, it. do you know what? I have to strike I do have to strike Liverpool because obviously Liverpool came back into the game. You know, came back into the game, got the first goal. It was a good move. It was a, it was a good move, finished well. It's just one of those ones where it's very hard to defend. You know, like sometimes you can say, oh, there's a mistake here, there's a mistake there. Yeah, there's a mistake. I think, I can't remember, it was, I think it was Cancelo that got ghosted yeah, back around the halfway line. And yeah, you could say that, but you know what? There's still a lot that has to happen before it, do you know what I mean? Before the goal scored. I just think it was just like to be honest it's just a good finish man like sometimes you have to hold your hands up and say you know what it was just a good finish it's one of those it was a gates to run a play but we all kind of said it in the group that listen yeah you can play all the sick football in the first half but actually you know it's it's, it's about getting the sting and and being able to sting with 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 potency you know what i mean and, and they was able to do that good finish as well yeah yeah it was executed yeah. really well wasn't it they were trying Mane was trying that move like a couple of times before um, and it it came off obviously that time obviously good work from Salah and yeah man like I think all goals though yesterday were, were, were brilliant man all of them were like ridiculous mm-hmm. quality to be honest you know I think Jesus like Jesus for um, was it the Buenos goal I can't even remember yeah Foden's, was it Foden's goal I can't, I can't remember now but that that was role that Jesus yeah. played Bowden, yeah, well. yeah. That's brilliant, man. Brilliant. That's understated. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. I can't even remember. Even like City's second goal, someone made some movement in the box that just cleared cleared it for, for what's his name to take the shot? Um, De Bruyne. Yeah, for De Bruyne to take the shot. And obviously, he deflected off of Mark's player. He's a little bit, you know what? He's, yeah, obviously, Matip, you know, one of the best defenders in the Premier League, <laughs> as, as we know, you know, but like, um, Kevin De Bruyne is a little bit off the pace, man. He was quite rusty. He gave the ball away so many times rusty. yesterday. Mad rusty. I knew he was rusty when he went for that diving header. I don't know what went through his head. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what went through his head. When he went for that diving header, I was like, did you pick you up? That was actually high and wide as well, you know. Not even over the bar or whatever. High and wide. That was, that was, yeah. that was shocking still. But I think even in the Chelsea game, he kept hoofing the ball into, like, yeah. into the stands as well. So, um, sometimes it gets like that because yeah. it's probably his, his legs might feel a little bit heavy do you know what I mean it's just not as slick it's not as crisp and that and it's like you've been out for a while and I think he had quite a hefty injury as well because he was playing through injury in the Euros and stuff so he's obviously come back and it's just not as slick and sharp and that and um, you know some of the times I was looking at him in the first time I was thinking wow if you weren't KDB the hammering that you'd be taking from fans <laughs> yeah yeah, it's so true. Trust. But it's a key, yeah. obviously, good result, key result because for both teams, you kind of go, do you know what? Actually, that was an entertaining game or whatever. I feel like City would come away from there feeling disappointed personally. I do feel like they will they'll feel extremely disappointed that they weren't able to, to especially because in that position, 
from where they were, obviously to go and concede and have to come back and concede and have to come back or whatever else. I feel like that first half, the dominance, bruv, it's just too much. You have to net in that in those circumstances. You have to score, and you you know at that level, if you don't take your chances, it's going to happen. There's no two ways about it. You're going to be countered, and they will score, and then you'll just then now you're forced to 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 out of your shape, and you're not going to play your game now. You're going to play, you know you're going to be trying to counter and counter with Liverpool. And that's probably one of the, one of the worst teams to try and do that with in the Premier League is Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Do you think um, with City, like, because obviously they played well, played well yesterday, got a draw. They played well against PSG and lost 2-0. Um, and they played well against Chelsea, obviously, but it was only a, um, a 1-0 win. Do you think like, and obviously they've travelled away for all these games. Do you think that there's, there might be a, something that might settle in mentally for them in front of in front of goal? Do you know? What? I feel like if they play with Gabriel Jesus um, up top, I think they'll be fine. Um, they need to just play like, from my opinion, yeah. I think from them going forward, if Jack Grealish isn't performing, then he needs to sit on the bench, and Sterling needs to start. Sterling needs to start, and Foden needs to start. So it can be Sterling. Foden, Gabriel Jesus, and that's that's just how you roll with it. So I think Jesus can score. He's shown he can score goals. He's shown that he can he can be a number nine and stuff like that. He did well yesterday off the right, um, you know, against against Liverpool. But you know, I feel like if they play with Jesus or Ferran Torres, to be honest, because that's another one. I don't was he on the bench yesterday? I don't even know if he was on the bench. Yeah. Um, but Ferran yeah. Torres is a goal scorer. So I feel like you know, um, if if he's forcing Grealish in there, if he's not playing well, then obviously that's going to hurt the side. But Manchester City, that squad has got enough people who score goals. Do you know what I mean? They've got enough goal scorers. Even adding Raheem Sterling in there, you're looking at a guy that in, in on current form or even looking at the last couple of seasons, 20 plus goals, which Jack Grealish currently isn't providing, um, you know, on, on tap like that. So I feel like they're going to be fine, but they just eventually, you see the Jack Grealish has to start contributing with the goals or he's out the team, and Sterling will come and you know what I mean put put it in. Yeah, I thought I thought Sterling made quite a big difference yesterday, in terms of, in terms of having a threat centrally. Obviously, like what what Grealish was doing, he obviously had a function for the team. But I felt like Sterling actually he he gave Van Dijk a bit of weights at one point, and also I think he started the press a lot sharper. He was just he was just in there. Do you know what I mean? And then. There was a couple of times as well where um, City broke and I don't think anything came of it, but he just provided a bit of a different threat. And I thought to myself, um, I can't remember if it was today or yesterday, but I was talking to Jay and I was thinking, oh, Sterling, like, what's, like, what's, his, what's his next move? Like, is he gonna, is he, there's rumours about Arsenal and stuff, but it's just a bit weird, like the way that he's, he's come out of the side. Because like you said, Marky, like, he's, he's, he's been a 20-goal-a-season guy ever since he's well pretty much ever since Guardiola's come in but then it seems like there's some kind of issue going on because how do you just how do, how do you just come out of the side I know well, if, you spend that, if you spend 100 mil though I think that's probably why you, <laughs> why at first you're going to come out of the side <sighs> yeah, know, but, but this this started from last season as well you know yeah I was going to say as well with Pep is there's something in him like where like at a certain point, he'll tell a player, like, you know what, you're going to sit down on the bench and watch 
watch a few games. Do you get what I'm saying? Obviously, Sterling's one's been a bit longer, but like even Mara's, do you get what I'm saying? Mara's was was pivotal last season. Now he's sitting down and watching. Like he he's he's sitting down watching Premier League games. So yeah, yeah, I don't know what's in there. I don't know if it's probably mind games that Pep plays with the players to keep them on their toes. Um, I don't know if mind games is the, is the best phrase, but do you know what I mean? Like part of management and managing players. Um, but the Sterling one does seem a bit odd because there was that thing that came out about them having a like a little a little beef in it, and then ever since then, Sterling's not really been at the forefront of Pep's mind. Um, so I can see where what, what T's saying there, but I can't see I can't see him going Arsenal. <laughs> Obviously, mm-hmm. Arsenal. <laughs> let's, let's be serious. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you don't, you don't go from from winning the Premier League to. To be honest, uh, you can't go to anywhere in England really because everywhere is a step down. Doesn't matter where you go, it's a step down. Yeah, it's like it's like when Bernardo was linked to Arsenal in the summer. Come on, like he <laughs> said, he said he said no himself because he wanted to move, but he ain't moving down. Like he he, he ain't it's, going to struggle. Simple. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's simple, and maybe. Like with Bernardo Silva, his profile is such that it's there's still a lot of potential. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's still he's not at the like with Sterling, it's not potential. This is like this guy's coming in and he's gonna score 20 goals and it's just gonna be so normal that he's done that. Bernardo Silva doesn't really fall into that category, even though we know his ability and stuff, you know, he's not necessarily cemented himself um as being a must-have for that Man City team yet. You know what I mean? So it's just like his market value and how people think of him is completely different. Yeah, I feel like with 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 Silva, he's just a mad guy. Because before, um, we were talking about it anyway. He was he was a wide right player, but I don't know this function that that he's got now. He's 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 gonna have to like it. Like I know he he was trying to lump it during the summer, but listen, it is what it is, man. You play your role. Be important for for the side and, and and see where you end up at the end of the season. You don't want to do the that's dog it, work, mate. He doesn't want to do the dog yeah. work. <laughs> he, he wants to do that's the. It. He wants to be the new da- David Silva. He's got the surname me. there. He wants to me. be the David, not the Bernardo. Just like Harry, just like Harry Kane, mate. Get on with your job, isn't it? Really, <laughs> you know. Get on with your job. That's it. You, you pay to play, so doesn't matter where you want to play. What? No, this is what you got to do. And and if and if that's where you're performing. That's what you have to be playing. Do you know what I mean? I'll tell you one thing though. When Ster- did you feel like did you feel like Sterling was gonna bury his one on one when he ran no. through on goal? No, I was not confident. <laughs> not for no. not for one second. No, I haven't been confident confident in Sterling and a one on one in ages. No. And you know what was mad? It, it was his second touch when he went through. Instead of him going across Matip, he went wide. <laughs> his left and that was when I knew Toss has gone. I was just like, yo. A guy, please. Like, you know, a confident Sterling two seasons back probably would have scored. And even then, we weren't sure if he was able to take his chances then. So, to see him do that was just kind of like, ah, oh, yeah. The, the, the lack of games is really now, is really now showing. Um, but, yeah, no, we'll, we'll see what happens for the rest of it. I mean, it's still early. What? Seven games gone? Another 31 mm. to go? So yeah, we'll, we'll see how the season progresses, especially like with um, Christmas period coming up. Like it's mad that we're even in October already. So yeah, yeah um, we'll see what comes of it. Man. 
key, key, key. Obviously, sick, uh, good game, entertaining game or whatever. And that was key. And then, then we have to talk about... I mean, I don't really want to talk about Man United, to be honest. But, you know, <laughs> since we're here, <laughs> Man United <laughs> dropping points again. I feel like the, the, the conversation about Man United is like... It's quite circular because it's like... With the Man United fan base, and just in general, with the Man United fan base, you've got some that's like, oh, Oli's done a good job. And he's, you know, he you don't criticise him too much. He's done a good job. He's rebuilt the side. He's got out of play, got out a lot of players and brought in other players and restored some tradition to the club and whatever, whatever. That's the one extreme. Then you've got the other extreme that's just like, nope, he's absolutely terrible. Um, get him out right now, whatever, whatever. So you kind of got two extremes, yeah? But the issue that I see with them is that no one's accepting that that you can be in the middle of that continuum and still not be on the manager's side. So it's like, if you don't, if you criticise the manager, if you say he's not good enough or whatever else, then you're kind of deemed as like reactionary. So you've got a lot of United fans, pundits, whatever, that are just afraid to say that if you just look at it as a factual situation, Manchester United struggle to break down structured teams. Full stop. That has never changed in this guy's three years, well, almost three years at the club. So it's like you're not allowed to kind of point that out. And then it's like, oh, he's done well to rebuild the side and stuff. So it's a bit weird there. And I feel like until maybe the end of this season, obviously, because some are still convinced that he can win the big big trophies and whatever. And I think until the end of this season, um, a lot of fans aren't going to be able to give their true, honest opinions. Because I feel like a lot of them just don't want to sound like, you know, disgruntled fans of other clubs or whatever that just like want to sack the manager. And it's just like, well, actually, it becomes a factual decision at the end of this season. Three and a half years in charge, no trophies. Why would you, why would you keep such a person in your club if you're Man United? Do you know what I mean? Like, bruv, I remember when when there was a purple patch of results here, the thing is, these pundits, the United alumni, they were like, like, like they can't backtrack now. There's too many, there's too many press cuttings of Rio Ferdinand doing a madness. Yeah, you know the real what one I mean? was mad. The real <laughs> one was mad. <laughs> and, and and Gary Neville, I'm sensing Gary Neville's his, his tone switching a little bit. No, no, it's just um, changed, bro. He's yeah. done the UV, He's done the UV. <laughs> I see. I see you talking about. It, it just comes a bit disguised sometimes, though. Yeah, I, I see him talking about now. Um, United have got too much of the same player, and I'm like, bro, just say say the realness. Say the realness. It is what it is. Like one minute you're talking about recruitment policy, and you're talking about this and talking about that. Say the realness. Whether he was your teammate or not, it is what it is. Say the realness, bro. Yeah, it's mad because mm -hmm. like. Yeah, no, sorry. Go on, Jay. Go on, Jay. I remember. No, no, no. No, all I was going to say is it doesn't matter if he's your teammate. He took the job. The job is the job. And you've taken, you've got your job to say facts. That's what I was going to say, Coach. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I, I mean, I hear that. And Mark, obviously, you, you alluded to one a very fine point. And it's just a question. I'm going to throw it out there for you last answer. How, um, how many teams in the Premier League know how to break down low blocks? How how like how many Premier League teams actually know how to break down low block teams very well? 
I'd say just City, you know, with with any with any regularity. Okay, you see that, and and th- there you go. So the, the the thing is with Mark, like with what you're saying, we all agree because we all see the same thing with United. The, the inability to break down teams with a structured low block, it it, it has been their kryptonite, for, you know, during Oli's time the whole day and during Oli's time there, you know. And the thing is, I see the same thing with Chelsea. Chelsea, I know we're not on that game yet, but Chelsea really, really struggled against Southampton on the weekend, down to the same issue at Stamford Bridge. And this is a, it's, it's a continued theme that we've been seeing in the Premier League yet over the last few years. So, uh, I mean, if you're if you're now looking to, you know, um, you know, get rid of Oli because of that sort of reason, the inability to break down teams with lower blocks, then what manager or coach will come in? and change all of that because even with T's answer I mean all you guys kind of hesitate, hesitated to even say you know I look at Liverpool and Liverpool in their pump were able to do it because they were able to outrun teams um, City are able to do it because it's just very very intricate and they're the best at doing it in the league um, I don't believe there's any other team other than City like T said that can do it with the sort of regularity that they do it with so I mean, yeah, there's got to be a change of impetus with the coach and all the rest of it, but I don't think changing the manager is going to be like, and there's going to come with an instant sort of change. Yeah, it will come with different impetus for sure over over a period of time, but I don't think there's going to be an automatic change overnight. I don't think it's I don't think it's as clear cut as that. So, um, yeah, the only one again. I mean, I'll stick to what I said a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's probably better. Stick by him now, take it to the end of the season, see where you might end up, and then reevaluate then. Because, like I just said, it's only seven games gone. Well, plus the cup, plus obviously the cup games, you know. But yeah, man, I, I don't know. I don't know. But you, you know, what you said there about um, just Oli um, about who who struck, who consistently breaks down the low blocks. Those teams don't spend as much as Manchester United do on players. Those teams haven't got... If you had a choice in your midfield and you have Matic, you've got Fred, you've got Pogba, you've got Bruno Fernandes, you've got Donny van der Beek, which qualified coach one, in the one Premier matter League... One matter as well, right? One matter. Which qualified coach in the Premier League that struggled, that is struggling to break down no blocks and whatever chooses Fred and McTominay as the pairing at home to, to try and break down some of these sides. Which which qualified coach would do that in the Premier League? I don't think there's many that would choose those two if they had the luxury of that. Do you know what I'm trying to say? That's mm. the uh, the problem is you're selecting players like Fred, who's terrible on the ball. Manchester United is supposed to be like, you know what I'm trying to say? One of the super clubs in the world. And this is what you're showing to the whole world is football excellence. Fred, like on the ball. Do you know what I mean? Off the ball, yeah, the guy can snap. His he's, he's tackle um, success rate and stuff like that is very high. He does make a lot of tackles. But I would argue that somebody like Fred, it's like, that is just, that is not what you want. Like, imagine, imagine you're in the academy at Manchester United right now and you mm. watch Fred play as many times as he does for Manchester United. What are you going to be thinking? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Because McTominay, McTominay's got a bit about him. Do you get what I'm trying to say? He's not fit at the moment. McTominay, McTominay's got a bit about him. But Fred, for me personally, it means that for Manchester United now, 
it's all their centre-halves that are setting up all the attacks. It's all their centre-halves that are stepping out with the ball and working way too hard with it to have to try and feed directly to, to Bruno or directly to um to the forwards. There's hardly any build-up play. There's nothing that runs through the midfield. And for me, that's a position that before you start filling out wide, before you start assembling a team that way, yeah, you need to be able to put like round pegs in round holes. And right now, you've got two blocky you know, defensively minded players who don't even offer that much protection as it were. Do you get what I'm trying to say? That's the issue. That's the issue. What I will say is that if you spend as much money as Manchester United spend, you should be able to do this. Because remember, Michael Carrick's one of the coaches, bruv. One of the, one of, you know, Manchester United's, you know, best midfielders in that position of recent times. And he's on the coaching staff. So, do you know what I mean? Donny van der Beek sits on the bench but you can't break down the team. What's his biggest strength? One and two touch football. So that's what I'm trying to say in the sense of, I get it. Like, obviously it's a luxury to be able to play consistently well on this, that, the other, but that's a luxury afforded to teams like Manchester United who spend the money they do. Do you get what I'm trying to say? On players. You've got Jadon Sancho, Pogba, um, Jadon Sancho, Pogba, Ronaldo, Donny van der Beek, all sitting on the bench versus Everton and for what reason do you get what I'm trying to say and this isn't just about the first seven days for seven games this season this is three years of it every time this every time you come up against a, a, a side that is remotely organized and that is able to um that's able to kind of block the number 10 space so block Bruno space primarily the ball just goes out wide Wan-Bissaka will have a swing at it if he wants to and, you know, oft, oftentimes that's not going to find its target or we just keep recycling the ball and start shooting from distance. And I'm saying after a while, that pattern, because it's not just a little bit, that pattern has to sort of be looked at and say, like, why Why is that the case? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Because if you've had windows on windows to sign players, why haven't you done it? And he has signed players. The club has given him a guy who's good, and I'm, and for me, speaking from a Man United lens, I find that embarrassing personally, that you can take a player like Donny van der Beek and do what Manchester United have done to him. And it looks like it's early days, but the Jadon Sancho thing and looking at how he's playing, that's embarrassing, bro. To me personally, I feel like that's 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 shameful for you, for you to take in players that are footballing-wise are really good, but they have to sit on the bench and watch the likes of Fred get a game. <laughs> So is this is this a recruitment issue or is this is this a coaching issue? For me, it's co- for me it's just basic coaching. You know, like if you're trying to break, like let, let's just be honest, if you're trying to break down um, a team that is set in their position, yeah, one of the most important things you need to be able to do is break the lines from deep, yeah, because you can't allow them to get set. You can't allow the opposition to get set because the moment they get set, this is what they trained for week in, week out. This is when they said, oh, we're going to play against Liverpool or we're going to play against United. They trained in the two banks of four and said, yeah, we'll let them have it wide and we'll let them cross it and we'll just do the percentages. Yeah, that's what we'll do. But if you're able to pass, number one is to receive the ball on the half turn. Yeah, you need to be able to receive the ball on the half turn to break the press. And the second thing is you need to be able to play with some tempo. That means one and two touch passing. That means movement. That means triangles. Do you get what I'm trying to say? But you need to be confident and you need to have the chemistry to be able to do that. 
It's basic, bruv. You see the training clips um, and teams doing rondos all day. What's the point in doing rondos in training and in the match, you're just all looking at each other like you just met each other? Do you see what I'm trying to say? Like, you literally do rondos with a man in the middle and you're passing the ball around them and celebrating nutmegs and all that. Then you get to the game game day and it's very slow. People taking extra touches. So that's what I'm trying to say in the sense of from a coaching point of view, forget the hysterics. Forget that. Forget the hysterics and whatever. If you gave Pep Guardiola Manchester United, if you gave Tuchel, if you gave Brendan Rodgers, if, if you gave any of the deep, more decent coaches in the league that squad, what's happening? Are they going to play a better brand of football? Mm. I mean, you know yeah, what? It's, yeah. it's, it's, go on, Jay. Go on, bro. No, just, just a quick one, yeah. Nothing nothing to what's it called. But just after the game, uh, Oli's press... Um, not press conference, but the little you know, the interview post match interview he had with the guy was quite telling. Um, I asked him like about the goals that they, the goal that they conceded, and Oli went off on one like he, he sounded like a question I caught him off guard basically. And he, and he ended up saying, Oh, you know, it doesn't matter about systems if you, you know, and if you, <laughs> and he said that, and I, I thought of you. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. I just that that, but for me, that's what that's that's the problem at Man United that you've got you've got a coach in there. He's, he's a lovely guy, very pleasant. Um, <laughs> he's so pleasant, you know. He he still calls Sir Alex the gaffer. He lets he says he doesn't park in the gaffer's parking space because he's the gaffer. <laughs> he's very pleasant. The guys like him, um, but in this. In this day and age now, in football at the top level, it is very tactical. Um, it is extremely, extremely tactical. Whichever way you go about it, it's extremely tactical. Um, patterns of play matter a lot. Um, and if you're going to win, you can't, you can't be getting done the way Man United do in certain games. Um, the Villarreal one just it always sticks out like, to me. Um, it's just horrendous, but yeah, I just thought well, you were telling the Europa League final one. Yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, well, you could you could have picked either of them, but yeah, Europa League final, <laughs> the Europa League final, because I fell asleep part way through. The game. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I just thought it was telling that, like, when when um, the interviewer asked him about a goal, just to, to talk about the goal, and he would, you know, he just kind of went off on one and said systems, and you know, he was trying to dismiss like you know having a way of, of playing sort of thing, so. Anyway, T, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a that, that's a very interesting part. I was just gonna say, um, <clears throat> Oli Oli's a figurehead, isn't it? It's clear because I remember there was one time during the pandemic, and I think some of these broadcasters were were struggling for um, for content. They brought Oli on to, to to talk football, and um, it was very telling that. He's a figurehead. Like, and what I mean by that is he's just there to represent the coaches and and the staff there, but he doesn't actually have any substance behind him, it seems. Obviously, maybe the, the, the training drills are the training drills are being taken by is it is, is it Kieran Maguire? Is it Maguire? I've, I've forgotten his name. McKenna, um, I my, it is. McKenna, yeah. That's yeah. the one, sorry. Yeah, and uh, and Carrick. The um, one that looks like Phil Neville. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's obviously some kind of issue there, but then I, I'm, I'm also thinking, like, re- recruitment-wise, United have been given some praise 
Um, and rightly so, you know, bringing in, you know, Bruno and and, and, and these kind of guys who have had a, a massive impact. Um, but I'm looking at, like, your, your strategy in terms of bringing in Sancho. But then where are you playing Sancho? Are you playing him on the left? And if you're playing him on the left, then you need someone who's constantly overlapping. You need you need his midfield to support him as well. If you're playing him on the right, you probably need a fullback who's comfortable on the ball. It's as simple as that. It's basics, you know. Um, and when you are United, you're, you're, you're more likely in, in most of the games going to have a lot of the ball. You're going to be dominating possession. Um, then you, you, you have to be able to create a system where there's triggers. You know, as, as you were saying, Marky, the, the first thing for me... When you're when you're put up against like a low block, is is all about the quickness of pass because you have to disorganize the unit. So you, you need to be able to like have your combinations. You, you need to have your relationships between your midfielders, your attackers, your defenders. If if they step up, okay, when Basaka's making the run now, okay, I step inside or you know someone's dropped off off the top. Okay, now this is my chance to break the line or whatever it is. Mm. But there's just it, it just seems to and be... Um, do you know what? Sorry to cut you, just in there, yeah? That yeah. shouldn't be worked out on the day as well. It looks... That's yeah, the other thing. Yeah. You that can shouldn't see it. be worked out on the day. That you should can... be something that you go into autopilot almost. Yeah. Exactly. And it's drills, isn't it? And you can see with, 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 with some teams as well. You can see with Man City. You can see with Chelsea. Um, you can see with Liverpool. It's very... It's, it's drilled into the players. They know on autopilot exactly what to do um bro we can see with burnley when burnley when it gets sticky for burnley i'm going to tell yeah, you right, what it, well. what happens the balls go out to the fullback yeah the mm-hmm. fullback picks up the ball and he slides the ball that he plays a yep. lovely diagonal yeah or he plays one down the sides of the center halves i told you what happens the, the big the big front man goes and chases it down and they start hunting in packs yeah Percentages. simple <laughs> they bombard you with crosses They'll get the ball. The ball goes wide. Dwight McNeil might do a little one-two, one-two little dribble, come in and out, but straight away he's going to pass it back to the left back, cross into the box. It might go to the right-hand side, cross into the box. That's the characteristics of Burnley. That's you know, that's not. That's just something that they do. The other thing they do is a lot is third man running. You'll see that quite a lot with their strike partnerships. It's a lot of third man running, and you'll see that. You know what I'm trying to say? That that that's that's stuff that's part of who they are. But yeah. the United one, that's the one that you know what I'm trying to say, like you're saying, it's it's missing. Yeah, man. I, I, it's most evident in, in Greenwood because he he's developing, but you can see that he when he gets on the ball, he's going through a mental process of like, okay, what do I do here? And then he ends up getting into into a position where because he's such a good player. He can pop off a shot, but he shouldn't necessarily be taking a decision to pop off the shot. It's, it, you can see he's actually thinking live in time. So, listen, with United, it's to be continued, man. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. He, Oli ain't got, all I say is Oli ain't going nowhere for now. Yeah, he's he's going to stay until the end of the season. Rightly so. <laughs> Rightly so. Listen, Rightly listen, so. he's staying. He's staying until the, the end of the four. season. Oh, you got 14 points as well, yeah? Right now, yes, yeah. So he's doing well, man. He's doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing okay. We talk about output of Man United. He's doing okay, man. Rightly so. Probably at the rule. Okay. 
But all I say is okay for Man United is not good enough. But we move. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Obviously, Chelsea and um, Southampton. I didn't get to catch the full game. I only saw the highlights and that. Yeah. Um, but Kofi, elaborate. Go for it. What, what What are your thoughts now? Chelsea being in some indifferent kind of form and stuff. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on <clears throat> that, that game? Um. I'd probably say they're still in a bit of indifferent form, even even now. Um, and it's funny because they, uh, I think I mentioned earlier. I mean, they they struggled against Southampton. Um, you know, they they got their goal. Um, it was a really good goal um, from a corner. Um, I think Cross came in um, from Ben Chilwell, I believe, from the left from the right hand side. Um, Loft to Sheik Kedar got the flick on, and Trevor Chalobah was the second goal of the season. Um, with a stupid header round the back, round the back post. Um, but after that, you kind of it probably expected Chelsea to sort of kick on because it was quite early on when they when they got the goal. But um, as I was saying, I mean they they then began to really really struggle to break down Southampton. Um, I mean Chelsea were comfortable; it was controlling the game. But Southampton had their chances. Um, there was a glaring one where Theo missed a diving header opportunity. I've, I think diving headers just, just isn't a thing for Premier League players right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he had a diving header opportunity and it flashed past the, po- the, flashed past the goal entirely. Um, and then Southampton obviously went, you know, came back into the game again and Livermento, I mean, obviously we, we, we've let the lad go. Well, we were not so much let him go. We've allowed him to go because that's what he wanted. wanted games and the way he won the penalty, I mean, it's just, it's just testament to the boy. Chow blinked and that was it. Took him out. Um, poor tackle. It was, a poor, it was a very, very poor tackle. It His face is all after it. <laughs> yeah. His face, he knew straight away, boy. He knew straight away. You know, when you talk about VAR and contentious decisions, yeah, I don't know. It was just plain. It was it was a penalty and there was no arguments there. And um, it, it took a Ward Prowse red card, you know, in the end. Um, I mean, we look. We looked at the challenge. I think I was watching the game with Jay, and we we looked at the challenge the first time round. We weren't too sure. It was the, the replays, though, it That's just true. show you how dangerous the the challenge was. Mm. And you just think about Jorginho's um, body position. Had it been, um, had it been, not had it not been his back, but him facing Ward Prowse, potential leg breaker. So mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, he had to go. He had to go. I mean, there was no ifs, buts, or maybe's about it. And um, yeah, the game changed after that, man. Um, Hudson Odoi came on. Um, Hudson Odoi had a really good game. So did um, Ruben off the sheet, by the way. I have to give him a big shout out. But um, Mace Mount came on, Money Mace, and his first touch already just brought a bit, extra bit of vim to the game. And yeah, the game just changed from there. Ross Barkley came on as well, did his bit. He did his bit, I have to say. Definitely came on, did his bit. And um, yeah, these lads have got a point to prove, man. Um, the start that Chelsea have had, we spoke about the indifferent form. And then Tuchel's now starting to say, you know what? Got to start looking at some individual players here, change it up. Because, mm. you know, he Tuchel obviously came in um, at the start of the year, set up the team in a particular way to be able to get results and get them through the season. Um Obviously, as a bonus, added bonus, obviously, when I won the big years, won a big one. But I think um, a bit of um, evolution is now sort of required. And mm. I think I think 
Tuchel slowly starting to realise that. And you can even tell from his post-match interviews and even his um, press conference the day before. I mean, he's even he was even talking about, you know, not having N'Golo Kante, not having N'Golo Kante in the team shouldn't be an issue. It shouldn't be an mm. issue for, for a team like Chelsea. Do you know what I mean? Like, that, that shouldn't be the excuse. Oh, NG doesn't play, so therefore Chelsea played bad. No, it shouldn't be that. So, uh, I like the way Thomas is, Thomas is talking and it, it looks like he's starting to f- think a bit more about, you know, what's going on. Um, mm. Romelu Lukaku, goal disallowed, uh, but again, was very, very quiet. And I think there, there's going to be a better name process with him and how he actually fits into the team and how the team obviously fit around him. Um, but I think just to cut you there, Kofi, on the Lukaku yeah. thing, that's to be expected. Like, that's 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 kind of... I know when Lukaku came and he obviously had a good start and whatever, and everyone's, oh, no, this has improved, that has improved about him. He's not a back-to-goal striker. Don't care what anyone says. He's not a back-to-goal striker. So there's going to be a certain... And I saw it even in, um, before, like, some Conte comments, you know, just saying that Chelsea don't know how to use him or whatever. Um Lukaku's always going to do better running onto things. It's just, it's just, it just is what it is. You know, he's not a back to goal striker and he is going to blow hot and cold. Obviously, we'll see because the season's going to progress. But I feel like this is kind of going to be expected that he's going to really tear some teams where he can bully and whatever. But where it's like, you know, like you said, some really, really structured um, teams that, that he's playing against, I feel like this is kind of about. About right, he's gonna score the goals though. But do you get what I'm saying? Like with Lukaku, mm. I feel like because he did a couple of good touches and when he first came, it was like, wow, do you know what I mean? It's like, well, it's a totally different player. The guy's a goal scorer, the guy will rack. If you, if you, if you, if you, if, you depl- if Lukaku just had a number 10 behind him here, this guy will probably go on and score like 35 goals plus in a season because he just, if you feed him, he's gonna bag. But his form at the moment, uh, to me personally, obviously, having had him at United and whatever, and even seeing what he did at Inter as well, it wasn't a lot of this back-to-goal play that people seem to kind of think he's doing. And obviously, for Conte to come out and speak as well, I thought that was quite interesting. And obviously, Tuchel responding to him, saying, yeah, he's just doing his job in the media. <laughs> I thought that was a bit naughty, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it comes to the territory, but when you're, when you're questioning... When you're, when you're questioning man's credentials, you, you, you expect a little bit of bite back. So, yeah, no, it was expected, man. It was cheeky still. But, but yeah, no, everything you're saying, obviously, I agree with. And, uh, and you know, funny enough, I spoke to Jay today. You know, we've, I know we spoke about it here in the pod, the world-class tag um, and all the rest of it. I think we even spoke about Lukaku and I, and I said, in my opinion, I felt like there, there was a bit of this Anelka thing about him. He's a top player. He's a top, top player. But world class, I'm not. I wasn't too sure about it, even for myself. And um, yeah, there, there are gaps in his game that you know, whilst they're going to be there, it's going to prevent him from being that 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 guy. You know, that mm. all round all round forward. So I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah, the season's just begun. Chicho has obviously his work cut out for him and um, change things. But as long as he's getting results, man, listen, mm. don't even care. Don't care too much. You know what? And this is the contrast, though, isn't it? This is what I like about Tuchel, in my opinion, yeah? This is the difference. So I said all this stuff about Oli and the tactics and the changing and whatever. Tuchel's not waiting. He's not waiting. He's not He's not saying no. Because he's drink water still at Chelsea. He's, he's not a Chelsea player, is he? No. no. That, he, well, he he's, on, he's, on, he's on loan, but yeah, he's not a Chelsea player right now. He play, I think he's on loan to Reading. He's I on think. loan from Chelsea, though. Yeah, from Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. 
if he was at the club and drink water would not be in that midfield when you have the likes of the players you have. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like he's not he's not putting people in there and just hoping it, it works. I just like the fact that Tuchel's not watching face at all. Barkley, yeah, for in many people's eyes, forget it, shouldn't be playing, puts him in. Yeah, loft his cheek. Pe many people, you know, relegation, this, that, the other, whatever, puts him in, puts in a shift. The young boy, Shalaba, at the back, you know what I'm trying to say? Who before this season would have said, yeah, I know who's going to be playing in that Chelsea <laughs> back three this season. It's going to be him. Obviously, he was on loan last season in France and that, but do you get what I'm saying? I like the fact that he's giving people a chance and he's not watching the name brand of a person. Do you get what I'm trying to say? It doesn't strike me as a person that this is personal. It's like if you're not performing, you're not playing. Simple. You know, yeah. if you don't like it, that's your business. Ben Chilwell, if you're not playing, Marcus Alonso's in. That's that. And until you can take his shirt, that's simple as that. Do you know what I mean? I just like how he, he he's approaching it in that kind of way. And I also, my two points before I've shut up and let you lot talk, Barkley's pass. Come on, man. Come no, no, on, no. Man. I had to strike him for that pass. It was lovely. Come bro. on, man. That pass is beautiful, bruv. I'm just like, this guy, he he very inconsistent and probably is never going to reach the level that he's supposed to reach, yeah? But that pass, that crossfield ball, yeah, that's, that's yeah. something else, man. But, like, he but, didn't even look properly. It was just nah. beautiful. And you know, and this is what I'm saying about him. For the first time in the Chelsea shirt, I can outright say that's probably one of the first risky passes. You know, he came on as a sub. So you know as a sub, you don't even really pick up the pace of the game that quickly and all the rest of it, but you got into the game and he was already starting to pick out some of the more difficult sort of passes. He, he was looking to actually break the defensive line. Um, usually in the Chelsea shirt, he's been very, very safe. But even in the even in the match against Juve the other day, there was something quite sprightly about him, you know? And that's, that's what I want to see in a Chelsea shirt. That's what us fans want to see. We don't want to see this safe five-yard five-yard, ten-yard passes to the side and backwards and all this sort of stuff. You want to see Ross Barkley try and flourish going forward. I mean, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, again, I mentioned his name again because this guy, he's going to end up, in, you know, dislodging cover in the middle of the pitch because unlike you guys, Mark, and I know you've spoken about Fred in midfield and McTominay, but Ruben Loftus-Cheek is an actual weapon. He's an actual weapon in the middle of the park because of his stature and his ability to actually hold the ball Four players off with his arms and all the rest of it. He made man drop again to he, he drop again on Saturday. Like it was actually quite <laughs> mad. You know when he does that arm thing and starts flinging people off and people start bouncing yeah. and rolling. Like you need that to break through lines. Um, you almost got a dangerous half volley in the first half as well. And yeah, there's more to come, man. I, I'm pretty excited. Um, and Tuchel listening to um Callum Hudson today actually played him out on the left hand side. I looked to the side line. I thought this guy's playing wing back again, and lo and behold, he's playing in the more advanced position. And you know, he did really well for a guy that hasn't played there in a very long time. He did. He played very well. So, yeah, um, a tough game. Southampton did well. Can't lie. It, it was a, a free a three one scoreline flat at Chelsea. A lot, but yeah, man, we get it cracking. We lost against City. We needed to, but we needed to bounce back, and we lost against Juve as well. So a win was really important. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I just like, I like the way, Ch personally, I like the way that Chelsea is moving right now. Definitely. I still feel like Man City is a team to beat, but I feel mm -hmm. like Chelsea, the way that Chelsea is moving, yeah, Werner is even scoring. Like, what's happening here? You know what? <laughs> I, I, and let me just wait on Werner, because even for <laughs> even for all the plaudits that he got, 
I examined him. I was examining him very, very well on Saturday, and there, there is there is still major, major gaps in his game. He's one of those guys who does some useless stuff in open play, but he, he just somehow manages to be on the end of either giving that giving that last pass for a goal or just nicking a goal like the way that he did. Do you know what I mean? Because if it weren't him scoring, Lukaku would have had a tap-in. And, you know, Lukaku's performance is, is all of a sudden changed. You know what I mean? So, like, it's weird with him, man. Um, I don't know. I, I, I have to wait, man. I have to wait. I, I don't want to talk too much, but, yeah, it is what it is with him. Um, Arsenal Brighton, I did catch that game. And I remember saying in that, in that, I think it was at the end of the first half, I've been watching it and just kept quiet. And no one said nothing in the group. And I was thinking, right, like, this game either is dead or I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Arsenal were not playing well, boy. I mean, you know what? Brighton did really well. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Brighton are good this season, yeah. And, like, it's, 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 it's again, the coach, man. He shouldn't be doing that. He don't have the squad to be doing that. Why is he doing that? Do you know what I mean? But um, yeah, he 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 did really well to block those lines, and Odegaard just had nothing. But what did I say after the Spurs game? What did I say? You can all answer. I told you, man, that Spurs were abject, and it was it was more about Spurs being quite poor. And Arsenal obviously were up for it last week, but. You see, when they play a team that were that had, you know, that were up for it, um, tactically well set up, we see, we see, I wouldn't say a different Arsenal, but we see the, you know, the real Arsenal. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't say anything because I saw that we were outnumbered in midfield, and I thought that was the first thing that was, that was wrong, like, you know, um, but I think as well, Thomas. Didn't have his have his best game, and now a few a few men are getting onto him um, on the social media about his shooting and that. Um, but I think in general, taking that side, he didn't have his best game. But he didn't have his best game because of what how Brighton um, blocked out the midfield. Um, it didn't allow him to operate the way he wanted. Um, I felt like Lokonga as well. He's still you can see he's still learning the you know, English game. He's a good. He's a good. He's a good guy, but I think he's got some way to go to learn how to um, to play in the Premier League. Because I felt like at times he he was lost, and I think he was being asked to do some Granite Shaka type things, like filling in the left when you know if Tini you know goes off on one, and um, yeah, he just wasn't. He's he's not he's not suited to that just yet. Um, and then I think Odegaard just didn't have didn't, just didn't get the ball. Um, and as a result, if you play with a 10, if your 10's blocked out, then your striker's definitely going to be blocked out um, as well, uh, especially, the, you know, with the way, you know, the, the traits that Aubameyang has. But, again, um, outnumbered in midfields, we know how Brighton plays. I mean, we know how Brighton plays. Surely, um, the coaching staff, the analyst, um, analysts and the coach at Arsenal, you know, they know how and play how they set up. Um, yeah, but I want to give a special shout out to I'm gonna butcher his name a bit, but um, Kurikella Kurikella, yeah, the Brian yeah, Lamasia guy from mm. came from Hatafe. He, he, I mean, he had a blinding game. Um, 
and I know Tommy. Tommy knew he was in the game on the weekend, um, and that, and that, and basically that that right hand side, he was really dominating um, that side. Yeah, I they mean, just needed that bit of quality, in it. Like, yeah, Brighton just, just needed that bit of quality because they peppered no, Arsenal, man. I'm not gonna lie, they peppered you lot, man. They peppered with crosses and whatever, but they just didn't have that finishing touch. Yeah, and I think I was saying, to, I can't remember who I said it to, but I was saying that I don't know. It seems like Brighton haven't. I know, like they got players there, like Mopai and um, who you know they're good technically and whatnot. But just a finisher, just to finish, you know, these chances that they get, they they haven't sort of nailed that um, in these um, couple of seasons. And I feel like you know players like um, um, Edson Odward at Palace, he was available. You know, Pat Sandaka went to Leicester. They got his friend Enoch from Salzburg. Patson was available. I don't know if it's a money thing or whatever, but if they could just get a striker, it doesn't even need to be someone world-class. Just a striker that can finish or someone, an attacker that can finish some of these chances, just, they would be an even bigger problem for the for the, for the league. And I think you know what it's unfortunate Welbeck's not fit as well he can't stay fit for them because when he plays he looks like he, he's got some cutting edge for them yeah yeah the injury that he had you know, yeah uh, for, for me they don't have anybody who's an, who's an out and out striker man I've been watching Brighton and it, Brighton yeah for them they never they're never beaten by a big margin it's very very rare like they're always in, in a close game with whoever the opposition is. Um, and yeah, you know what? It's quite baffling. Like what, like what Jay was saying, it's quite, it's, it's glaringly obvious. I think they were trying to get Darwin Nunes. I think, I think they were trying to get him um, and try to convince him, but but didn't come off. But they've got a lot of good technical players, man. Jakob Moda, Alex McAllister. Um, even Lana, the centre backs, the back line. Yeah, come on, Milana. throw in the Show some respect. <laughs> You know, Pascal Gross, these kind of guys. Um, Trossard. Trossard. You know, these guys are very good technically, as Jay was saying, like really, really good players. And and I think Brighton have a clear, they have a clear um, foundation of, of what they're trying to achieve. The back line, they don't pet giants at the back. Simple. Get the giants at the back is where it is. Dan Byrne, Lewis Dunk, Shane Duffy. Simple. Plug them man in or, or Joel Veltman, whoever. I really like Brighton, man. I think they're, they're they're underrated. Last season, there was a lot of talk about their the XG. Didn't didn't uh, didn't realize it. Um, maybe this season things might be might be different. They they started well, um, and perhaps maybe January they can revisit the situation, man, because they definitely will be an issue for for most sides. Um, they're always in the game, you know. What I mean, then I I rarely see Brighton beaten threes and fours. They just lack that cutting edge of you, man. I've already said. And they've got Basuma to come back in. They've got, um, you know, uh, Tariq Lamptey as well was on the bench on the weekend. He's due to come back in. And that's a massive attack attacking output as well. Having yeah, Lamptey in of, there. Imagine Lamptey and Gorilla. Yeah. Speaking about Basuma as well, Mark, when you were talking about Man United and midfielders, Basuma's not that I'd want him to go to Man United, but Basuma's available. He was hmm. he was available for a fee. This is the thing. This is what I'm trying to say. Like, you know, but I, I, it is what it is. And I know certain men look at Basuma and think he's just a DM, but no. Nah. No. Nah. Nah. 
Quality player, man. I saw I saw him say something. He he said um he said he's he rates himself as the best midfielder in the Premier League. And um <laughs> you know what he's in the conversation huh? for me, definitely in the conversation because I struggle to 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 point out what he can't do. There's a lot of games that he plays for Brighton where he goes very understated, but the reason why they're able to to be in these games is because of the work he's getting through, defensively and offensively. Yeah, I think he just needs a platform. Just needs the right right platform. Liverpool, mm. United, Arsenal links. Chelsea. He's, I know very, he, he's very welcome, man. Yeah, I know Kofi is looking for a midi as well, but now you've got Ruben, so it's all, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's all good, man. I, I, I'm, I'm cool midfield-wise now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Just before I forget, even on the Brighton one, you know we were talking about strikers. I think was it Jay was speaking about speaking about Lacardia today with you. Lacardia I did some background well, checking. They do have they do have Lacardia on their books. You know uh, you're talking about Lacardia doing really well in in Holland a few years ago. This yeah. is this is a player they bought for fifteen point two million pounds. <laughs> you know to come in and score goals for them. Um, and I think from reports, it looks like, you know, Graham Parr is looking to draft him back in. So, yeah, Neil Morpai might have someone to obviously challenge with all the rest of it. So, we'll see. Um, and it looks like Lacardia is quite determined to get back into the squad and actually try and do something. So, if he can recover any of the form that he was showing at PSV a couple of years back, then they, they could have a player there. So, we'll see. Yeah, that's it. Well, Brighton level on points with uh, Everton... Manchester United and Man City. So even without the forward, it's only a few games. But you know they've 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 gone from relegation um, candidates to being nowhere near that. Mm. Can I ask you another question? It's just a yes or no. But do you think like Mikel is like a, a mid-table manager at best? Because this is something that I've been thinking about. Like instead of just getting onto him, do you think that his what do you think his level is at? I feel like his I feel like he's a mid-table manager, no matter who you, who you give to him. I think that's diff. I think it's difficult. It's difficult to say because mm. of how bad I feel like the Arsenal squad kind of is. Do you know what but, I mean? Like, but the thing is, is that he these these are his players now, and it like that's what that's what um thing came out and said that like similar to like the you know this only thing, but these are his players. Right, he's picking these players. To buy and also I to play them. I feel like that squad is worse. That's a lot worse than Manchester United squad, though. Uh, like uh, a lot, uh, lot worse. Oh, I I agree. I'm not. Um, but I'm, what I'm saying is that him and him and Edu, these are the players. Like a lot of these players, these are the ones that they they've gone out for. And to be fair, some of them, like Ramsdale, for example, has been so far has been been quite good. Um, I've been quite um, pleased with him so far. But just in general, like. A lot of the players are like the players that he wanted, that he's played, mm. he's gone out for. So I don't know. It's difficult. Do you know what it is? It's di- the only difference, and the difficult part with this is that, and I know it's something small, but he's won something in it, and that's the only that's the only thing because he's won mm. something, and the manner in which he did it, it could be just be you know he came in and it was like a bounce, Arteta bounce or whatever. But because he was able to win something that first season, I feel like it's it's hard to kind of just say, you know what, he's, he's mid-table. 
I, I think I think a mid-table manager can win FA Cup. Um, we've seen we've seen Portsmouth win the, um, win trophies. We've seen Birmingham win trophies against Arsenal. Mm. Actually, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, over, is it over February? I get what's it called and and Kishelny. But like, um, yeah, I mean that's that's fair enough. It's a subjective question and that. But I just feel like. He he's he. I feel like he's convincing people that some players that are Arsenal can't be coached or can't be improved, and it is it is where it is. Like the level they're at is the level that they're at, and I I don't necessarily subscribe to that. And that's the thinking behind that question. But I hear that we we seeing it. But I do. I but no. The, if you're asking me, do I feel like there's way better managers for Arsenal than Arteta out there? For my answers, yes, kind of thing. But I'm just like, I, I, I don't know if, if he's like, how can I explain it? I don't know. I, I don't. I feel like if at the end of this season, personally, if the if at the end of this season, Arsenal have anything near what they had last season in terms of results and whatever, yeah, the man, the man, he's gonna have to. You know what I mean? It's like in that in that case, he just shows quite clearly. I feel like you just got to give him to the end of this season. Let him, well, then they're gonna do. They're gonna give him what he's doing because I do feel like in Saka, in Smithrow, in in sort of Erdegaard, in maybe Obama Young having a change of um, attitude, mindset. Do you know what I mean? An application in having um, you know his Gabriel and his Ben White and stuff in those players bedding in. I feel like we're gonna find out this season pretty much what that eleven looks like. If with this eleven. This guy can't challenge for the top four. There's a problem for me. Then there's yeah. a the real, real, real big problem. But I feel like this is the first time I'll say, you know what? Let me give him these guys. They can do something because certain players are looking like, especially like Smith Rowe looks like this season is is, you know what I mean? He's 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 gonna put his foot down on 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 the pedal. So um, that's why I say I, I'm not. I I don't believe Arteta's a top coach, but I feel like with this these players, I feel we've got to give him time. For this season, before we kind of kind of assess that properly, well, that's just my opinion. I don't know what you man think. Yeah, I don't know. I think in the starting lineup now, it's only Granite really. That's that's not his player, but he loves Granite. Um, so yeah, that's fair enough. We'll see at the end of the season. But there's been two eighth places, eighth eighth place finish. I think like if we're going to give him the, the FA Cup, like winning the FA Cup as like yeah. That he's won that, so whatever. Then we've also got to take the the eighth that he finished twice in a row. Because a lot of people mm. will say, "Oh yeah, but he came in midway through the season. He finished eighth, you know what I mean?" And then he finished eighth again. So can't take the good side of the things that he's done and not take the bad side. But that's my opinion. Yeah. But no, but I it's true though. It's true. Yeah. It's true. You know what it is because this season now, yeah, this one, this one, none of that really matters. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like none of the other stuff matters. Like. This squad is good enough to challenge, challenge is the key word, challenge for that top top four space. There's no there's no reason they shouldn't be. Like we've got Abamyang and Lacazette. Like, do you get know what I'm trying to say? Like, they're not idiots. Like that, you know, prior to coming to Arsenal, these two guys were absolutely you know, they were gunmen. But of course they, they they're not they've not been that of late and stuff like that. But I feel like there's this and there's still other players, Martinelli, there's still other stuff for 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 me to see unfold over the course of this season. Pepe as well. Do you know what I mean? They still got to, to find how you deploy him properly. 
Um, so I think there's still things for Arsenal to be worked out or whatever through the course of the season. And like you say, like eighth place with that team, it's tough. It's getting tougher, obviously, in the league. But I feel like a club the size of Arsenal, do you know what I mean? Shouldn't really, you shouldn't really be, you know, eighth place, eighth place. That's not really, I mean, finishing above Tottenham. Do you know what I mean? That's, it seems like that's what the, you get what I'm trying to say? Like the fans mm-hmm. get preoccupied with, oh, we finish above Tottenham. But Arsenal should be, should be somewhere else. Um, and perhaps it is a new manager to be in there. But with Arteta, I don't, you just don't know. Because if, for example, he finished fifth this season, would that represent like a good, a good, a good season? Would you count that as a good season for him? Uh, for him, yeah. Yeah, for him. <laughs> for him, I think. <laughs> but yeah, not, for him, not in Arsenal, general, for Arsenal. But not, but not for me, but for him. Yeah. I think Arsenal... Yeah, I think it depends who you ask. I think the club just wants to be back in Europe. They 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 just want to be back in Europe, and I think that even means Europa League. Um, so I think if he gets Arsenal back into the Europa League, they will market that as and I use the word market because of the owners we have. They'll market that as a as as a success, as progress, um, and the fans, the majority of the fans will will lap it up. Um, so if he gets fifth, I think that is thing. But for me, that's not because I, I've, and people are older than me as well. Been around, know where Arsenal have been. You know where where we sh- we should be. We should be challenging with um, the Chelsea's and Uniteds and Cities and Liverpool's. We should be challenging. I'm not saying we deserve to be there, but we should be challenging um, and finishing eighth twice. We're just not good enough. But we'll see. All right, cool. Well, that was episode five of the Breakdown podcast brought to you by the Football Supplement. We'll catch you guys next week, man.